Do the Utah Jazz have a point guard for the 2023-24 season? Maybe, but certainly not 48 minutes worth. We're talking about it next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, and today we look at the Utah Jazz point guard situation. Do they have 48 minutes of point guard? No. What are the options, and what can they do? This might determine 26 wins, 36 wins, or 46 wins more than anything else out there. We'll look at that. Plus, we'll go back to our NBA draft numbers and let you decide. Here are who the athletes have been over the last four seasons. Here who are the athletes are for this season. And those who are in the danger zone as well. Then we'll do late game watch on the Warriors Sacramento. Touch on the Denver Minnesota a tiny bit last night uh, as well. And then play our lottery. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Giving you insight, expertise, super amount of geeky numbers. And hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you so much for making Locked on Jazz our first listen And to the everydayers out there, thank you so much for being a part of this each and every day, staying with us in the offseason and being a part of it. We are free and we are available on all podcasting apps. We are also available for you on YouTube. You can join the community. Just please subscribe and on YouTube, hit the bell button so you're notified when the new episodes are released and when to jump in the chat room with everyone else. Appreciate all of you who do that. It's great fun. And the everydayers kind of drive this ship. So uh, really do appreciate it. And our numbers have stayed really strong here in the offseason as well. So um, appreciate that. I mean, we're down from last year when we were still in the playoffs and going, but not um, not bad. Uh, really, actually, in a lot of ways, a lot of the numbers are really, really great. So uh, appreciate it. And uh, thanks for uh, Fishy Ishy who said on the five-star review, his intro to the show says it all, all the geeky numbers and a deeper look into the stats you'll show. Doesn't matter if you're a Jazz fan or not. Uh, you'll learn something every time you tune in. I listen most days and watch on YouTube at least once a week. Thank you very much. Appreciate that five-star review over on iTunes or on Spotify. It's greatly appreciated. All right, let's get to it right away. Uh, wow. Um, some of our guys had a tough weekend this weekend. That's worth noting. Vanderbilt and Beasley don't score. Donovan does not. Goes one for, I think, nine in the second half. Uh, Rudy, I thought, struggled late in that game against Minnesota. Mike Conley and Nikhil Alexander-Walker saved the day. Grayson's actually only a one-year Jazz guy, but he's playing great for Milwaukee. So, uh, just want to throw that out there. We'll dig into it a little bit more uh, in a bit. So, today's show, by the way, brought to you by Price Picks. First-time users receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's Price Picks promo code Locked On. Do the Jazz have a point guard for next year? On the roster? And the answer to that is yes. But do they have their starting point guard? And do they have 48 minutes of point guards? I think the answer to that might be no. Now, I think they could start Taylor Horton Tucker again. And they could start Chris Dunn if they wanted to. And I don't think either is catastrophic. But if you're trying, depending where we are, And what we're trying to do, whether it's 26 wins, 46 wins, or 36 wins, kind of the three numbers we've been bouncing about, I don't know 
I think this position might actually determine this more than anyone out there. So let's start with just on the simplest end, Taylor Horton Tucker, who I thought had a really fabulous and admirable run after uh, the trades and then the injuries and Colin Sexton's injury and then took over. And I thought he did great. I do think you have to be really careful with these numbers because he has the ball in his hands a tremendous amount of time and the game yields 95 to 100 points every night. And so, while after February 9th, Taylor Horton Tucker played 23 games and he averaged 17 points and five rebounds and six assists. That's great. And he, I thought he was, at 22 years old, there's so much upside and I thought he was tremendous. But I also think you have to realize, you know, he had the ball in his hands a tremendous amount. He is also a, has the right to opt out of his contract. And I think probably should. Because I'm not sure there'll be another stretch in his NBA career where for 25 games, he gets to play 30 minutes, average 17 points, five rebounds, and six assists. And I think he has a real opportunity to make himself a lot of money. And then we have to decide whether we want to re-sign him or not. So I think there's a real chance Taylor Horton Tucker's not back. Um, and I think he's propelled his career um, in, a, in a really great way. One thing I think you have to be careful. I asked somebody, like, how do you analyze the numbers the final 23 games? And they just looked at me straight in the eye and said, grain of salt. And so I think you have to be really careful with that. One thing I looked at them and I asked the person, well, what about first quarters? And they said, you know what? That's actually a decent way to do it. So in first quarters of games, when the other team was playing their best guys that they had available and were still going at it, Taylor shot 38% in the first quarter and 33% from three. He still did a nice job averaging numbers. He averaged about four points, which would take him to an average of 16, two rebounds and two assists, which gets him to a really, you know, 14, eight, 16, eight and eight. Like it's that kind of where he is. But the efficiency in those opening quarters when the Jazz really got outscored badly, 38 and 33 tells me probably not you're starting. It's not natural for him. Now, is he your backup? Would he kill backups? Would he be tremendous with that size and that girth and being able to get by guys and maybe guys are a little smaller because backup point guards are generally, yeah. Yeah, that might be really great. So then you get to Colin Sexton. And I think I go something Will Hardy said this year about Colin Sexton. Like the dude's got a superpower. Let's talk about what he can do, not what he can't do. And when you talk about what he can do, he has got one of the greatest first steps in scoring approaches and and just burst to the basket and efficiency um, that it's just tremendous. I mean, just really, really tremendous. That was at its on its display at best when he played off the ball. He averaged 14 points a game. He shot 51%. He took 39% from three, only taking two a game because he's very slow with that release. But he was at his best when he was playing off the ball, where we created something, got it to him, and then he just beat his guy off the dribble on the 45 or attacked. And I don't think he sees the game naturally as a point guard. Then there's Jordan Clarkson, who again, we don't know if he's back or not because of the free agency situation. And I think he's really a shooting guard. So we get to Chris Dunn, who had a tremendous year for the Jazz and revitalized his career. And I think had probably of anyone who played in the second half of the season, whose numbers were probably the most legit. He averaged 13 points a game. He averaged five rebounds. He had six assists. 
54% from the field and 47% from three on limited three-point attempts. He takes one a game. That release is really slow. I wouldn't bank on that. If we look at first quarters, now he didn't always start, so sometimes he's now playing second-tier guys pretty quickly in first quarters. He only averaged five minutes in first quarter. He shot 44%. Um, one thing on Dunn, a lot of his best numbers, um, and I'll see if I can pull this up, came late in games that weren't that close. So his fourth quarter numbers are incredible. 62% from the floor, 55% from three in 22 fourth quarters. Eh. In a lot of circumstances, you'd say that's great. I actually might go the other way. That we weren't in, it wasn't that close. We were trailing in a lot of those. And again, the ball's in your hands. You're making a ton of plays. And maybe even the defense is willing to let you take some of those twos, not threes. So there's some question I put on those. But I think Dunn, with his length, his defensive tenacity, um, his ability to control the floor, his ability to get in the paint, get where he wants with the dribble, elite top five NBA draft pick athleticism, I think he did show he's a viable minutes grabber at a point guard position in the NBA. Starter? <laughs> but, not sure. Maybe. Might have to be. Um, and might be good at it if we got enough other players around him because he can just do what he does. Uh, but, again, this is where I think we do have NBA point guards. Do we have 48 minutes? I wonder. What are the other options? Well, we'll touch on that as we continue. And then we'll look at the elite athletes in this draft um, as well. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross, also located in Logan and in Linden, excuse me, not located in Linden, just in Woods Cross and in Logan. Murdoch Chevy, uh, with the great lineup of the Chevy trucks, the Silverado and the Colorado are simply just the best there are. Chevy trucks with their Unibuild are absolutely world-class trucks. They are Americana. And the Murdochs have been in Utah for over 80 years. When you put those two together, it's like peanut butter and chocolate. It's pretty perfect. It's the Murdochs. It's Utah. It's Chevy. It's Americana. It's all there for you at Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross, also located over in Logan. You've got the Tahoe and the Suburban leading off the SUV lineup with then the Trailblazer and the Blazer with the tracks. Uh, and the Equinox also all in that lineup. So make sure if you're going to stop by at Woods Cross or in Logan, feel free to email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock09 at gmail.com so that we can take care of you and give you the ultimate VIP experience over at Murdoch Chevy. Today's show is also brought to you by Prize Picks, where your 100% deposit, deposit match up to $100. Use the promo code LOCKED ON. It's fantasy. Fun daily fantasy, and it's super fun and easy to play. All you have to do to play prize picks is pick two to six players. If they score more or less than the prize picks projections, you can win up to 25% of your money. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. Every sport imaginable is there for you. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe and fast and easy withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states. If you think Dylan Brooks is going to score more than 10 points tonight, just keep talking. Then you can go do so and put your little bet out there for prize picks and take Dylan Brooks. If you think LeBron's going to stick it to Dylan Brooks tonight in the Lakers and Memphis, or what do you think about Milwaukee and Miami? Will Miami continue their hot shoot? And you can all do it all at prize picks. And with a 100% deposit match, if you put in $100, you get $100 back. If you put in $75, you get $75 back. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for your instant deposit match. Up to $100. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. 
We are free and available on all podcasting apps. Every dayers, I greatly appreciate you. Thanks for being a part of it. Tomorrow, how do you balance the desire to have Jordan Clarkson, Colin Saxon, and Ochai Abaji at your shooting guard position for the Utah Jazz? Uh, so here are the free agents that might be available at point guard. Kyrie Irving, Fred Van Vliet, D'Angelo Russell. I pass on all three of those. Van Vliet's a nice player. He's a little small, super expensive. I think he'll be overly expensive. Kyrie, enough said. And I'm just not a D'Angelo Russell guy, like, and I think in Minnesota. Austin Reeves is interesting. Austin Reeves is a top 10 point guard player in the NBA because he's really good or because of the fact that Anthony Davis is running the pick and roll with him. Like, you've got to figure that out and try to figure out what, why that is and what's taking place there. I think is is a huge part of that. But Austin Reeves being a top 10 pick and roll point guard would be interesting to me. And the Lakers are in a bind on whether they can re-sign him. Trey Jones, I think, is a restricted free agent out of San Antonio. You'd have to decide whether you liked him this year or not. I don't think he's a wow factor. I think Chris Dunn's fine. Taylor Horton Tucker's fine. These guys have to be better. For trades, obviously Dame is the big name. And that gets into a game of whether you're trying to put all the all of your chits in right now while simultaneously de- developing Walker, Kessler, Ochai, Baji, and whoever you draft this year. And then you hope that on the backside of this, they're ready to go. There's a school of thought that that's the way to go here. Um, I do wonder whether Atlanta's going to move either Trey Young or DeJounte Murray. I wonder whether Brooklyn's going to hold on to Spencer Dinwiddie. Um... And then I Orlando has too many point cards. They have Fultz, Suggs, and Anthony. I'm not really interested in Cole Anthony. I might be interested in the young Suggs. Might be expensive. But if you like him, it might be an interesting piece because he adds to your timeline. So those are some of the point guards that are out there. When you start talking about wins, I guess Dame is the one that moves the meter. Or Murray or Young. I do wonder whether Spencer Dinwiddie just gets you in the middle. And then I do think Jalen Suggs is a future play. Those were just random names. I mean, I just looked down the rosters of teams and decided who I thought might make a move. Um, But we don't have 48 minutes point guard. And I do think there's a chance you end up starting Chris Dunn. I do think there's a chance Taylor Horton Tucker signs somewhere else. Um, And that you've drafted your point guard and then they're going to become a part of your puzzle. But that's the 26-win scenario. And... I'm not convinced of the teams on that same timetable. I think that might happen. I think what I actually am convinced of is that Danny's leaving options open. So if 26 win ends up being what the roster's built as, then that so be it. And if they can build it to 46, that's fine. And I don't know how you build it to 56. All right, let's look at the draft for a second. Here's what I've done. I've gone through the last four years, and I'm gonna, for this week, we've, these are going to sound familiar. But I'm going to tell you who the players are. I've pretty much done the first round top 30 players of every year now, the last four years. So we're going to look at athletes today, playmaking Tuesday, shooting Wednesday, creation on Thursday. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you those players that peaked out as athletes over the last four years. And then you can make a decision whether you buy it or not as a judge. And then I'll tell you who are the best athletes for this year. And then we'll do the same thing on worst. So in the 2019 draft, the players that peaked out as athletes were Zion Williamson. DeAndre Hunter was good, high level. Brandon Clark was elite. Tyler Hero was elite. 
Rui Hashimura was high level. Ja Morant was high level. Okay? 2020, those athletes that peaked out at Anthony Edwards was similar to Ja Morant, very high level. Peaking out was James Wiseman, Obi Topham, Isaac Okoro, Aaron Neesmith, interestingly. Um, and then there were just kind of a bunch of mixed bags. The one that was interesting was Tayshawn Alexander, junior guard out of Creighton, who never developed at 39 on the list, was probably higher than some others. Jalen Smith out of Maryland, who was bounced around a little bit, was a pretty high level, thought it was a pretty loud. And when I say athlete, what I really mean is functional athlete. In other words, they're able to use their athletic to score. Uh, 2021 draft, the best were Evan Mobley, Davion Mitchell, Interestingly, Corey Kispert, Ayodesumo, Kai Jones, center out of Texas, Trey Murphy the third, Chris Duarte. 2022, so last year's draft, Jaden Ivey was high level, Chet Holmgren was elite, Keegan Murray actually was elite on functional athleticism. Mark Williams-Duke was really high. Jalen Duran was really high. Walker Kessler was elite. Here are the elite athletes of this draft. Amon Thompson from his high school numbers. Kobe Bufkin, sophomore shooting guard out of Michigan. It was interesting. I was listening to NBA draft big board. And uh, Richard Seaman moved him up into the lottery. Amari Bailey, freshman shooting guard, UCLA, very high level. Um, Isaiah Wong, Miami junior guard, late on the draft pick, high level. Uh, Arizona's big guy, Azulius Tubilis, is a high level. Above average, or, you know, kind of, they're, they're not peaking at both numbers, but they're both but they're pretty high on both numbers um, is interesting on this draft because there's not as many guys. There's a lot of guys that are divergent between their transition numbers and their um, isolation percentage. And ex- like, for example, uh, Tyler Hendricks out of UC Florida is 95th percentile in transition, 25th percentile in isolation. Those are the two numbers that usually go together. Uh, Jed Howard's, Lukewarm above average um, would be the other one. And uh, Julian uh, Strother has no isolation numbers, but his other numbers are good. So those are the good athletes for this draft. Okay. Brandon Miller's up there. I would give him close to a lukewarm. Cam Whitmore is up there. But Amon Thompson is the elite kind of functional athlete from his high school numbers. If you buy high school numbers, um, and then uh, Bufkin, Amari Bailey, Julius Strother's functional athleticism better. Jed Howard's is lukewarm, and that's then Isaiah Wong out of Miami, our kind of sleeper player. Here are the players whose functional athleticism 
was under the threshold and concerning. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr.'s isolate was one of these split guys, by the way. He was elite transition and bad in isolation, which is always super interesting. Romeo Lankford transition was I concerning. And Nikhil Alexander-Walker's isolation numbers were concerning on whether his athleticism was functional. Um, Cole Anthony's transition was concerning, but his isolation was good. Patrick Williams was just concerning. Um, interestingly, Jaden McDaniels did not pass on the athlete numbers. And then a guy who didn't ever really get a chance in Cassius Winston. Um, Keon Johnson was an early pick of the Clippers. He's now in Portland, has not panned out. Uh, was the only one really in um, the 2021 draft. Moses Moody wasn't great. Moses Moody kind of read, got a red in our numbers. Has not, you know, he's playing for the Warriors, so it's super hard to tell. Josh Primo was a red um, concern athletically on functional athleticism. Um, Spurs drafted the youngster, and obviously he's gotten in all sorts of personal problems. Uh, 2022 draft... Max Christie, last year, was kind of the one that jumped out in Kennedy Chandler out of Tennessee. There aren't going to be a lot, right? Or else they're not up for the draft. This year, Scoot Henderson. Scoot Henderson's in the 26th percentile in transition, the 22nd percentile in isolation for the G League last year. Now, those are G League numbers. But, Keontae George is in the 18th percentile in transition. Anthony Black is in the 5th percentile of isolation, 49th finishing. Jalen Hood-Safino is that split case. And Derek Whitehead out of Duke. Um, and then Gigi Jackson, who a lot of people like to talk about. So our con- athlete concerns this year are Scoot Henderson. Pretty interesting. Functional athleticism. Playing against men, though. Keontae George split. Anthony Black. Jalen Hood-Safino split, Dariq Whitehead, Gigi Jackson. Okay. Late game watch of the Golden State Warriors and the Sacramento Kings. Out there were a bunch of really interesting things. We'll touch on some late game stuff in that Denver, uh, Minnesota, but that series is probably somewhat done. And then um, we will do our week daily lottery where once this week we should get hot. We should have a thrill of victory 20% of the time. So once a week, we should go through the top four and we should hit. Shouldn't we? We probably should. Today's show is brought to you in part by Nissan. It's time to name our weekend player of electric player of the week. The Nissan Aria, the electric, elegantly powerful. Pin your seat you to your seat power, premium intelligence, all in one EV, the all new, all electric. 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at nissan.usa.com. So we pick our playoff player of the week electric, brilliantly fierce, stunningly powerful. Pretty hard to go anywhere right now, but Jalen Brunson doing it again in the playoffs 29.6 rebounds, six assists last night. In 43 minutes of that game, and the Knicks taking a impressive three games to one lead. They did it defensively in the previous game. Brunson was 10 of 18 on that in their 99-79 win. 
You could give Anthony Edwards for his monster night last night, dropping 34, three straight nights over 30 as another one along the way. But I'm going to go with my Nissan Aria player of the weekend as Jalen Brunson. Maybe you were the player of the weekend while you were playing Ultimate Pro GM. Get 100% free boost to your franchise by using the promo code LOCKEDON in the game shop if you've not started already with your Ultimate GM, the fun and the excitement, all of it. Download Ultimate GM today, and the game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise, playing through seasons, leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic franchise in the simulation you're responsible for, dealing with the challenging personalities, hiring coaches, trading players, making up draft picks. It's all great. It's all navigating your franchise through free agency and the drafts and all the up and downs of multiple seasons. All this challenging, realistic game world. Ultimate Pro GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want. It... Right now, go to Lockdown Jazz listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Lockdown in the game store. So make sure you check it out to download the game. Go visit probasketballgm.com. Scan the code. Look it up on the App Store. That's probasketball.com. Ultimate GM, start your dynasty today. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Jazz your first listen of the day, and thanks to all the everydayers. Hey, if you're a football fan, we put out our ultimate mock draft. It is a binge Listen, six episodes, take you through the whole 30-whatever picks of the first round of the NFL draft. It's also up on YouTube, and it's actually a great TV show. So if you get a chance, please check that out. I think you'll really enjoy it. All right, the best series going on is Sacramento-Golden State. Um, I mentioned this earlier. I do think Sacramento's discovered something on empty corner pick and rolls. Um, on the, the, the shifting of the Warriors has a hard time getting there. Warriors are really interesting right now. Boy, do they run beautiful stuff. But they are not getting anything out of their ISO game. In fact, their ISO game is bad. They're not getting anything out of their top of the key action. At all. Which is pretty interesting to watch take place in a series. They just don't have that kind of versatility. Now, to the credit of Steve Kerr, they flip out of it and they run some brilliant stuff. Like, um, and Draymond was superhuman in that game. But they got Curry free on a pick and roll at the top, which I thought was brilliant. So they set up a pick and roll at the top with Looney. Curry and Looney are going to run a pick and roll. And Doris kind of loses her mind that Fox loses Curry on this. And Curry starts off, looks like he's going to start off a Looney pick. And Fox, just as Fox like jumps to anticipate it, Curry swings it to the wing. This is a play I could totally see Will Hardy adding to her. Swings to the wing... And then immediately to Poole, who immediately gives it back to Curry. So Curry's passed it and then comes right at Poole for the ball and gets it back. And because the pick and roll would have gone left, Fox has jumped left. Curry passes right. Fox is now too far attached, detached from him. Curry gets the three. It's like pretty neat little action, actually, at the top. Because if you think about it, the minute Looney comes at that pick and they don't want to switch... What Sacramento's trying to do is they're not, they don't want Sabonis switched on Curry. And they've done a brilliant job of this. They're not getting beat on their top of the key pick and roll stuff at all. And it's because they're not getting Curry switched or Sabonis switched. So Fox pre jumps it to anticipate to try to avoid having Sabonis switched. It's all to protect Sabonis. But because he pre jumps it, Curry swings it the opposite direction and then runs after the ball. Fox is now really far separated from him, and Curry gets a three. The other one I did that was super interesting was on the right wing, Curry has the ball. Curry's standing the right wing. Looney's over there setting a pick. Curry does a little run around, circle around him. And because Looney 
is not a threat. Sabonis has dropped back a little bit. This is what Gobert used to do and uh, many others and what Walker will do. So Curry runs off Looney and Sabonis does what he's supposed to do is he gives Curry a little bump. Like that's, you know, you want to tag him, bump him. Simultaneously from the far side, Clay Thompson's running all the way around. And the minute Luke Curry leaves, Looney goes and sets a pick for Clay Thompson on Clay Thompson. But because Sabonis is supposed to be guarding Looney and he's bumped Curry, he's now detached from Looney. I mean, only the slightest amount. And Clay now comes around and gets the three and buries it. Now they make both shots. That's the game, right? And they're QSQ. Uh, they're getting much better shots in Sacramento all of a sudden in this series. Like that, the series has swung. Uh, Sac. Golden State's getting better shots now. Both of them shot about what they should have last night, but Golden State's now getting better shots in Sacramento. Those two plays I thought were just brilliant. If you miss by the slightest amount, they're just really well designed. They're where Steve Kerr's fabulous, and they're not, the Warriors are bad in isolation, and they're not getting anything at the top of the key in this series. Draymond's defense was incredible. Draymond's stop on the Harrison Barnes block and then uh, drive and then the block of Sabonis. Probably the biggest play of the game, 440 left, fast break, two-on-one, Draymond stops Sabonis, Clay gets two free throws on the other side. Um, The other one I think is interesting on the Warriors where they're really different than they used to be is they kind of don't have anybody to guard De'Aaron Fox. So if you watch the final five minutes of the game, they had Wiggins guard him, Curry guard him, Thompson guard him, Poole guard him. They're almost just switching every possession just to give him different looks and make him have some level of discomfort, which will work less well as the series goes on because he'll get used to each of them. And it's also just a sign they don't have someone to do it. It, it used to be Clay Thompson. But they don't have that, and for whatever reason, it's not Wiggins. Um, they're certainly not trying to get Wiggins on Fox every possession. So that's worth keeping an eye on. Um, and that, that's a great series. That one's, that one's really interesting. Um, you know, Anthony Edwards and Donovan Mitchell kind of remind me of the same player right now. They're these young, incredible studs. They might both go out in the first round. They make amazing plays. They do incredible stuff. And do they totally understand all the things they have to do to win yet at this young age? Maybe not. Though Carl Anthony Towns, final seven minutes of that game, he was on the floor in the final 10 minutes. He goes for zero points. One rebound, two assists, takes one shot. Uh, Alan Horton was brilliant on the play-by-play last night on the Minnesota Timberwolves broadcast, and he had some incredible numbers of how little three-point shooting Carl Anthony Towns has done in the playoffs, that that three-point shot, once teams are prepared for it, go away. Mike Conley was great in the final 10 minutes last night. He had seven points, a banked-in corner three, and an assist. And Akeel Alexander-Walker was terrific as well, guarding Jamal Murray um, for only got three shots out in those eight minutes. Um... Defense, both offenses were pretty good. 120 rating. That was a crazy final 10 minutes. Congratulations, Minnesota gets the win. Goes back to Denver. Probably a gentleman sweep, but you got to still take it. All right. Um, otherwise, last unless I'm missing something, there were not a lot of close games. That Boston Atlanta game was never in doubt. New York, Cleveland was not close. Phoenix and Clippers is impressive that Clippers are staying, and Phoenix doesn't look great. It's really, what a break for Phoenix. They look totally there for the taking. And no Kawhi Leonard and no Paul George. Philadelphia, Brooklyn was not close. Miami, Milwaukee's not been close. And the Lakers throttled the uh, Grizzlies. So there have not been a lot of close game watches. That actually was kind of the only one. Uh, 
All right, let's do our lottery. Jazz are currently sitting at nine. They'll hold at 16. They will hold at 28. Here we go. Da -da 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 -da. The number one pick of the NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Portland jumps up three spots to the number two pick. Charlotte jumps up one spot to the three pick. San Antonio slides down to the fourth pick. Houston goes 22 and 60 for the fifth pick of the draft. Orlando, six. Indiana, seven. Washington, eight. Utah, nine. Dallas, 10. They hold their pick. Orlando, 11th pick goes to Orlando, or Chicago's 11th pick goes to Orlando. Oklahoma City at 12, Toronto at 13, New Orleans at 14. So day one of our lottery this week, we do not hit. Thanks very much for listening to Locked on Jazz today. Locked on NBA Big Board's a great second listen if you're looking for something draft-related or that Locked on NFL mock draft is truly awesome. Go grab that. Watch it on YouTube. It's all here on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.